The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, March 9th. You want to leave a five-star review? If you want to ask us a mailbag question, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we will get to it. No matter the team, the concept, the construct, the question, diapers, beer, whatever it is, ask us away, and we will get to you. Ryan Wilson, yes, you want to interject. I want to give a 10-star review to the person. This is the only time we're going to talk about it. That says, I hate Top Shots. Quit talking about it. More power to that guy. All right, we won't talk about Top Shot. I'm kind of over Top Shot. Anyway, uh, Ryan Wilson and John Breach joining me. Breach, what's up, buddy? Uh, well, I'm here because I thought we were talking about the Bengals uniform weeks, but I understand that I heard incorrectly. So let's just keep, let's get this thing going. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about the, well, they, they look terrible. What are they doing? They can't be real. Are those real? I think they're real. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's rather unfortunate. <laughs> uh, this episode will be the AFC West off season priorities in the feed from yesterday, Monday's mock draft 4.0 with Ryan Wilson and Emery Hunt. It's a good talk. Emory's, Emory's got like a low key, like deep base of prospect knowledge. Oh, yeah. He puts out a, a draft prospect annual, I guess. It has more than 500 guys. We found out that we knew he played college football. I didn't know he played with like Taylor. That was cool to find out about. And Chris and, Harris. And, uh, uh, Chris, Harris uh, um, Chris Tillman. Peanut Peanut, Tillman. Yeah. Chris, Charles Tillman. What are you doing? Yeah, that, that's the punch. Chris uh, Harris, we will talk about on this episode, though. Uh, coming up, more free agency talk. And of course, we'll wrap up the divisions. Franchise tag deadline is technically today. If the deadline actually happens, if they don't push it back, we will have a, uh, a recap of all those things, all the people that are tagged Isn't it today. And then free agency starts next week. Pretty crazy how fast we are getting to the off season. I was wondering why you're getting blurry. <laughs> I don't know why I got blurry, but I had to adjust it. Uh, you do not need to adjust your screens though. That's CBS all access. Thing on your smart TV may have been replaced by Paramount Plus. It's because you are about to take the journey to Mount Paramount uh, with uh, Bill Cower, James Corden, Patrick Stewart, and Beavis and Butthead. Yes, it's quite the squad, and it constitutes the incredible group of people we have on Paramount Plus. Live sports, breaking news, and a mountain of entertainment. You go straight from game day to movie night with Paramount Plus. Stream iconic movies like The Godfather, Indiana Jones, and Mission Impossible plus new episodes of critically acclaimed original series like Star Trek Picard, The Good Fight, and The Stand. 
get this, you can also dive into live athletic competition from us at CBS Sports, including the NFL March Madness, the Masters and Champions, Champions League Soccer, plus stream hit shows from CBS, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Smithsonian Channel, and Comedy Central. Live sports, breaking news, and a mountain of entertainment. Paramount Plus, streaming now. I, I mean, like, I know we're, like, not we're, we can chill for the company all we want. I, we were saying before the podcast, they're like, I really do like Paramount Plus. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, Debo said if he had to be straight on a, on a desert island, he's taking, or any kind of island. It could be a luscious island. It doesn't be a desert island. He's taking Paramount Plus over all other um, online. Well, like, yeah. Disney Plus is great if you like Marvel movies, but it doesn't offer ESPN's catalog of athletic, you know, sports. And Disney Plus actually charges you $30 to watch movies early, which is bonkers crazy. And that's Paramount Plus is the best variety. That's why it's the best. Because like Disney Plus, if, if the baby wants to watch Disney movies all day, it's perfect. But like you just said, Brenton, if you want to watch uh, sports or something else, that's not an option. Well, if you put me on a desert island, assuming that all, you know, like everything's like you get, you get to access all the features of each app. Like nobody offers the live sports that we offer in conjunction with all of the, like the content, like Chappelle's show or the Indiana Jones movies, Kingpin, tons of good stuff. Godfather. Godfather. Yeah, of course. Um, so make sure and check that out. Uh, you can probably figure out a, a new SpongeBob movie. Hey, first month it's free too. So go check that out. Uh, probably be a good idea for the masters. And One yeah, first, time. first month good to get free because March madness coming up. Masters coming up. Boom. That's a strong first 30 days. Champions league is still, when's the next champions league? Listen, tomorrow or today. Oh, sign up now. <laughs> That's right. This is the week to sign up, baby. You get a free month to get all those. Uh, you know, who needs the NFL? You can get the NFL on your antenna. All right. So let's dive into the AFC West. He, he says kicking the NFL under the bus uh, before we talk about the NFL. The Denver Broncos will work in reverse order of the draft. The Broncos are 30 to one to win the AFC 60 to one to win the Super Bowl. Their top three draft picks, number nine, number 40, number 71, $35 million in cap space, having already tagged Justin Simmons, the safety for the second time in a row. Top free agents, Alexander Johnson, Tim Patrick, Elijah Wilkinson, Damar Dotson, Shelby Harris, Philip Lindsay, maybe an RFA and Jarrell Casey, who I believe was already cut. Cut candidates for this team include Von Miller, Kareem Jackson, and Nick Vanette. So when you start looking at the Denver Broncos, Wilson, what uh, what do you consider to be their top priority? Well, in the four million mock drafts I've done over the since September, I've had them taking uh, most recently I had them taking Micah Parsons, a linebacker. I've had them taking previously a cornerback, quarterback could be in the conversation, edge rusher. You talked about uh, Von Miller's uncertain future there, uh, so I think defensively is where you start. You could actually think about the offensive line maybe in later rounds. Uh, my three-round mock draft came out Monday, and that three-round mock draft I had him taking, as I mentioned, Micah Parsons, linebacker round one, Ify Mellon Fonwu in round two, the cornerback, and I had him taking Davis Mills, the quarterback out of Stanford in round three. Those addressed all the needs I just talked about there. So so that would be um, – I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the quarterback. What, what is Drew Luck going to give you? Because a year ago, I predicted last August, I said, this team will make the playoffs, and that was a large part – having to do with Drew Locke playing better than what Drew Locke played like because of all the playmakers. Cortland Sutton towards ACL. Von Miller was injured. We know about that. So, obviously, it didn't work out. So, new general manager. John Elway's moving up to a bigger office. I think he's having less day-to-day -day personnel responsibility. They have to figure out the quarterback position and, and then go from there. And the, the, the bad news for them, Breach, is that they play in the same division as 
the Chiefs and what I think will be a really good Chargers team. Yeah, that is bad news because when you think about the Bron- – if you're the Broncos, you're thinking, hey, we need to upgrade at the quarterback position. No matter who you bring in, you're still going to have a worse quarterback than what the Chiefs have. So you're still behind the eight ball. Uh, but I do think kind of the Von Miller and Kareem Jackson decisions probably – you're thinking about that before the quarterback just because you're trying to figure out your budget. You're saying, hey, look, we have a good chunk of money available – Right now, we have $35 million. That's more than most teams. That's in the top 10 for most available. But, you know, if we don't bring back Von Miller, all of a sudden we have over $50 million in cap space, which makes you a player in free agency. And I know they said that, you know, they they would prefer to bring back Von Miller, but who knows what's going to happen. And then once you have the money thing figured out, it is all about Drew Locke. Because, look, if you have $60 million in cap space, you can either go out in free agency and try and, and make something happen. I'm not sure there's any quarterbacks out there unless you want to bring in, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who may or may not be retiring. Uh, who knows what he's going to do. And so then if you can't go sign someone, you got to make a trade. And so maybe you keep a guy like Von Miller so that you have some trade chips. And so I think those are the things. Uh, you don't Von think you put- a trade chip? You don't think someone would trade for Von Miller? Not, you like he's the- not at 22. If you read, I think Von Miller is either. Is Breach giving up more for Gardner Minshew or Von Miller? <laughs> I, I think, all right, so, and not, not to jump in, but not to interrupt you, Breach, my apologies. But I would just say that <laughs> I don't think they're trading Von Miller. I think Kareem, I think first things first, you have to figure out, are you, what are you doing with Von Miller and Kareem Jackson? Because those guys, Kareem Jackson is due, he's going to have a 12.8, a $12.9 million cap it, and you can save uh, $10 million on the salary cap. And Von Miller, you can save $18 million. He's going to have a 22 and a quarter million dollar cap it. So if you can get those guys to restructure and get their cap number down, then I think I agree with you. Like, th- like that's the decision. Can you, will they restructure or are you going to have to cut them? And then once you figure out those two guys, then it does become about Drew Locke because, you know, there's Deshaun Watson's out there. You know, there are other. Kind of. uh, I mean, but like you can't if you think you're in on Drew Locke, you can't pursue Deshaun Watson, right? Yes, you can. Why not? You can be in on Drew Locke until you're not in on Drew. Well, Locke. that was Philip Lindsay was asked about the quarterback situation. He basically, said like I'm not really going to say much because I don't want things to get awkward in the locker room. You know, you can't be out there advocating that you want uh, Deshaun Watson. All of a sudden, Drew Locke is your quarterback. That definitely makes things a little bit awkward. And by the way, Breach, when you're Philip Lindsay and you say that, you don't hear. Duke Johnson, when he was at the Texans, saying, I don't want to talk about whether we're going to trade for Kyler Murray because I don't want to hurt Deshaun. You're saying, I love Deshaun Watson. I don't care who you – it doesn't make sense to bring anyone else in here. Right. Well, I think he was asked about the fact that a couple other guys, specifically Kareem Jackson, were out there saying, hey, I want Deshaun Watson. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to get – I'm not getting involved in that. I mean, the, the idea that you would want to trade for Deshaun Watson should not be considered a slap in the face to Drew Locke. Yeah, that's like us saying to you, look, don't don't be mad that we want uh, Scott Van Pelt to host the Pick Six podcast. <laughs> don't feel bad about that. I'm not insulted by that at all. Yeah, Scott but that Van means Pelt you don't have a really better at his job than I am, and he would be. But that means you don't have job. a job. You won't have your job, Drew Locke. That's the point. I mean, Scott Van Pelt ain't taking that pay cut. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither no, Deshaun Watson. Paid the same when he makes the move to the to the Broncos. I don't get I mean, Scott Van Pelt doesn't get the same paycheck when he leaves Daily Sports Center for Daily NFL Podcast. Um. But the point being, I, I agree with that. Like, you don't want to undermine Drew Locke, but no one is going to blink. It's sort of like the Peyton Manning thing with Tim Tebow. Nobody's going to bat an eye if the Broncos go out and get – nobody Nobody flinched. It's like, hey, 
Tim Tebow, the one guy you could get to come in and, and take Tebow out that nobody's going to complain about would be Peyton Manning. And if you're, you know, if the Broncos drafted like Justin Fields at nine or Trey Lance at nine, I think people would say, oh, this is a dicey situation. But if you go out and trade for Deshaun Watson, it's like, all right, sorry, you know, Drew Locke, eh, what are you going to do, buddy? Like, that's tough. What if you make like a smaller trade? Because I feel like, you know, the Texans seem pretty dug in right now on Deshaun. What about someone like Sam Darnold? Is that an upgrade over Drew Locke? Is that someone you'd yes. be eyeing if you're the Broncos? Yes. I <laughs> think it is, but I also think it's that Sam Darnold and Drew Locke are definitely having a competition. Well, that's my thing. Look, they the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, and I think we could all agree that Carson Wentz up to the last year was much better than Drew Locke was to this point in his career. Sure. So, so what if you're hurting Drew Locke? He's not playing well. No, no, there, nothing wrong with the competition. I'm just saying that, like, a Deshaun Watson type is like, Drew Locke, your days are numbered here in Denver. But if it's oh, a smaller yeah. trade, it's a, okay, like, Drew, yeah. we're going to bring some competition in to see how you do. I, you know, actually, I look at this roster, and I don't think that this team's that far away from being competitive. I said that a year ago. They're in the wrong division. Because I think the char- I think the charge is going to be really good. And, you know, we make fun of Derek Carr, but Derek Farr, Derek, Derek, Farr, Derek Carr runs that offense closely to, to how John Gruden seems to want it run. It's not exciting. He doesn't take a lot of risk, but he, he had his most uh, productive season last year, I believe, right? So I, I think if they can fix that defense, oh, boy, they've got a lot to fix. That offense is and I think the Broncos have the worst offense. Uh, their defense isn't the worst because the Raiders are, but I, I think um, the quarterback situation is clearly the worst. So I'm not sure who are they leapfrogging. Uh, maybe the Raiders who are getting rid of all their starting offensive linemen still have a bad defense uh, and might struggle. And, and I mean, the thing with the Broncos, they went five and 11 last year. Yes, but they had six, one score losses. So games that could have sort, easily- sort of a theme emerging under Vic Fangio, which is kind of a concern. Yeah, but, yeah that's right. not great when it happens all the time. But w- if you're the coach uh, who's trying to be an optimist, you're saying, look, guys, these all could have been wins, but we made a couple bonehead plays here and there. This is, we could have gone 10 and six. That's what you were saying. If you were the coach and you're talking to the players, Wilson's shaking his head. Like there's no way this team was going 10 and six. Um, but so I don't think they're that far away from competing for a wild card spot. I, I think yeah. they're far away from competing with the chiefs for the division title. Are if, they, they get, if they get top 15 quarterback play. Oh my gosh. Okay. That, that's not asking that much. I mean, so you get above average quarterback play. Let me ask you, though, before you go on, are they better? They're not better than the Chiefs. Are they better than the Chargers? With Sam Darnold? No. With the, Do the, the Broncos have Sam Darnold? They have the team they have right now. I think that I think that they are – no, they are not better than the Chargers. Okay. Are they better than the Raiders? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I think that the Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos are probably pretty close in proximity. All right. Maybe. I don't I – don't, I think they're well, – And look, this all changes if – you don't bring back Von Miller and you don't bring back Kareem Jackson. And suddenly you have holes to fill on defense and you know, they're DeMarcus Walker and Shelby Harris and Sylvester Williams are free agents on the defensive line. So that's a problem too. I mean, they have to, they're going to have to shore up the front, but I, I think if you get a motivated Von Miller back on a restructured deal, Kareem Jackson back in there, you add a defensive piece in the draft, you get drew lock to take a step, a, like a step forward, become a little bit, less uh, flippant with the football and you know, you, the, the offensive line plays well. I don't, I don't think it's crazy to think this could be a, a, a playoff contender. Yeah. I said that a, year a contender for the postseason. Blew up my face. Let's see. But, and also they have the, if they get rid of Von Miller, if for some reason they move on from Von Miller and cream Jackson, 
again, you have nearly $60 million in cap space to work with. And this is the one off season where having all the money pays off because there's not going to be a giant bidding war for everyone. Cause most teams can't afford to get in a bidding war. Yeah. So they're 30 to one to win the AFC, which is twice as much as the chargers. Well, I mean, this is it. Well, that's that's fine. I mean, look, both both these teams are coming in as a wild card, more than likely. The Chiefs are. I mean, the Chiefs are going to win the division. Yeah, a hundred percent. Not even more than likely. I mean, I'm just. Yeah, I mean, like five percent chance that one of these teams wins the division, which means that you automatically have to win one more game to make it to the Super Bowl to win the AFC. So I mean, I I, I don't I don't think I think you're asking a whole lot, and the quarterback situation in in LA is much better. But I, I guess what I'm saying is that. For me, the priorities are very simple here. Figure out Von Miller and Kareem Jackson. That will tell you what you're going to do on defense and free agency and in the draft. Then make a decision on Drew Locke and see if you're going to you know, explore other options and then go get some defensive line help and free agency with some of that cash you got. The Chargers, as you mentioned, 14 to 1 to win the AFC, 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Their top three draft picks, number 13, number 47, number 78. They have $32 million in cap space. Free agents include Dan Feeney, Forrest Lamp, Sam Tevy. That is three offensive linemen. Hunter Henry, Melvin Ingram, and of course, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Chris Harris is he's not a friend of the program, I don't think. He's ever been on the podcast, but he's like, he's boys with Pete Briscoe. I know that. Chris Harris and uh, Casey Hayward, two starting cornerbacks, are cut candidates this offseason just because of how much money you can save, but they do have enough money left over that maybe that won't become a thing. And um, how would you prior? Oh, excuse me. Their salary cap space, as I mentioned, $32 million. What would you say is their top priority breach? Uh, well, if you're losing a bunch of offensive linemen, like you just noted, I, I think that you have a guy like Justin Herbert back there. You can't leave him back there hanging out to dry. So I think you have to make some sort of splash. Uh, and you know what? This is, again, the year. There's going to be some tackles out there. Maybe you sign a Trent Williams. You don't even let him leave California. Uh, but you do need to bring someone in. Because, look, the Chargers offensive line wasn't that great last year. And Justin Herbert still had a hell of a season. So if you put a better offensive line in front of him, you would think he's going to play even better when he has more time to throw. Um, so I think if you're the Chargers, the offensive line probably needs to be your top priority. Uh, and, and again, there are a bunch of offensive tackles out there. And so that's not a bad priority to have this offseason. I yeah. agree. I was going to say my three-round mock draft, which came out Monday, CBSSports.com, version 27. Adam taking uh, offensive tackle Rashawn Slater in the first round. He can also play guard and maybe even center. And then Trey Smith, an offensive guard out of Tennessee in round three. Then I had him take an edge rusher, Peyton Turner, out of Houston in round two, who we actually talked about on the on the Monday podcast with, with Emery, uh, who's a really good player. And, you know, if Melvin Ingram isn't coming back, which I don't think he is, something else to consider in round one. They pick 13. If there's some way that Kyle Pitts, the tight end, falls there, I would run and take him. He is basically Darren Waller and Hunter Henry, assuming he, he doesn't come back. Uh, if he hits free agency, that's something else I, I would seriously consider uh, for old Justin Herbert there. So my first priority for them was tag Hunter Henry, question mark. And that's not because I think it's the most important thing, but I think it's the first order of business and it sort of dictates what else you're going to do. This would be a second franchise tag, looking around $13 million for Hunter Henry. That's a, that's a lot for a guy who is really good but if you're not signing him to a long-term deal, I'm, I'm not sure what the point is. Mike Williams going into the final year of his rookie deal now. And, you know, we mentioned Feeney, uh, Forrest Lamp, and Sam Tevy, three offensive linemen in the main rotation. Feeney, by the way, a 
Those are Feeney and Forrest Lamp, second and third round picks in 2017 by the current GM. Not great if you're losing those. And, and Tevi was a sixth round pick that year. They also, remember, they traded Russell Okung for Trey Turner and have, according to reports, and I cannot remember for the life of me who it was who reported it, but are, no, my luck, it's probably JLC or something, but are shopping Trey Turner, who's on the final year of his deal. And Breach may have mentioned this Mike Pouncey retired. Their offensive line is in shambles. Absolute shambles. This is worse than any offensive line Philip Rivers ever had to deal with. And that says a lot because they had some bad offensive lines in LA. And I don't know, maybe you can bring back Feeney, friend of the program, Dan Feeney, awesome guy. Then you can bring back Feeney and, and Lamp on, on cheaper deals just because they haven't blown up. But you got to find a starting center. You got to figure out if Trey Turner is going to be on the roster next year. You know, you have Brian Balaga, who you signed in free agency last year, and that's that's it. And so I think that is Balaga, Balaga plays for the Chargers. Are you serious? I didn't know that. He played for the Chargers last year. Yeah. Right oh, God. <laughs> Ryan's yeah. been busy preparing for the draft. Wilson, everybody. He's a draft analyst now. He doesn't, he, he doesn't need to. I will make say this. Busy with that I don't know. I feel like March would be a good time to know team's depth charts if you're the draft guy. Uh, I will say that <laughs> I'm not worried about knowing Brian I will, Balaga's team. I will give you an excuse. Like, this year, for whatever reason, like somebody was like, What do you think about the Panthers' new GM hire? And I was like, Panthers hire. I, I can't, was, I don't, I'm not remembering the well, everything feels like it runs together. So it's like, Was that in 2019, 2020? Like, what year? I don't even know what year it is. I don't know yeah, what that is. I, I think it's because we did this hard reset last March that it's, it's difficult to really get it. Like, normally, I feel like I know exactly who, like, you know, like, like who's hired and et cetera. I mean, I, I do, but it's like, it's taking my brain a little bit longer than normal. You guys are getting old, is what it is. So okay. here's the thing that, I mean, there's a lot of concerns with the Chargers and the offensive line, but I think the takeaway is, and, and Breach harps on this because he's a uh, salary cap bro, is that the salary cap, and Diana Rossini tweeted this out. She had talked to head coach and said, uh, this week could be a bloodbath in terms of players getting cut because of the concerns about the salary cap. So there are going to be a lot of guys out there, and I think a lot of guys are going to end up signing short-term deals that are cheaper-ish because you don't know what the salary cap's going to be next year and presumably it'll go up a lot and you can make more money that sort of conversation so maybe those are that's some of the math that these gms are doing in terms of trying to figure out but it doesn't make things any less worrisome when you don't know who's available and you're trying to fill a bunch of holes well if you're a free agent player your incentive would be to sign a one-year deal this year so you can go after the money when it's all available next year and, and you, then you can get a bigger contract and the other thing brinson you mentioned the hunter henry and possibly tagging him at whatever that was that 13 million See, if I'm the Chargers, if you only have $23 million, you know, you tag someone, that all goes on this year's cap. So that's $13 million just gone. And if you say, you know what, if we don't tag them, we could probably get two offensive linemen, like mid-tier offensive linemen for that $13 million. And so, you know, that using that logic, it's kind of hard to justify using the tag on a tight end. And look, if you're talking about, you know, we said Feeney and Forrest Lant, maybe you get Feeney to come back on a cheap deal and then you go out and throw some money at Braden Scherf or Joe Tooney. Or you call Bill Belichick if he tags Joe Tooney and say, hey, let's do a tag and trade. You know, I'll take a, you know, give me a, I'll, you know, I don't know if you give up a first for Joe Tooney. No, would, like, would you give up, would you give up number, is it thir- 12 or 13 overall? 13, right? not true. Would, th- would you give up 13th overall for Ryan Ramchick to the Saints? Well, that's a different conversation. Yes, but I mean, the Saints are in cap hell, and they Ryan Ramchick's in the final year of his deal. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, th- that's a different conversation because don't forget last year, DeForest Buckner, the interior defensive lineman, was traded for a mid-first round pick, and that worked out well for both both sides. Sure, I, I'm saying like if you're the Chargers, 
if you're the Chargers, you do believe that you're a team that can contend for the playoffs. I think you have to believe that. And you know that Ramchick is good. You're not taking a flyer on a college kid and hoping he turns into something. Right. And you're building around your second year quarterback who looked like a played like a pro bowl or all pro or, you know, I mean, so I don't think it's crazy to say, let's do that. I also don't think it's insane to go out and pay Brandon Scherf and Trent Williams. If you have the, if you have the room for it, you know, like that. And there is some concern that you bring guys running a, you know, a different system or whatever, but there, I'm sure there's some connectivity there. Obviously Trent Williams and Brandon Scherf played together in Washington. And we know where Sean McVay came from, Washington. And we know where Brandon Staley came from under Sean McVay's system. So you could see a, a situation where maybe those guys could slide in there. I'm not, I'm saying they're not going to say they're going to run a McVay offense or a Shanahan offense. Just that if you, you, you have to help Justin Herbert here. You can't just draft a left tackle in the draft, take a left tackle with the first pick in the draft and assume that everything's going to be fine. You have, you have no one left on the offensive line, and that is a big, big problem. Uh, defensively, like I said, make a decision on Casey Hayward and Chris Harris. I think that's sort of the, the, the concern there. And then what are you going to do with Melvin Ingram? Who's a free agent. Are you going to bring him back on a smaller deal? He's, he's up there in age. Yeah. He's over. He's 31, 32, I think. But if he bolts, you're a little short on pass rush help across from Joey Bosa. That's why you take Peyton Turner in the second round. Problem solved. Oh, that solves a problem, but yeah. Or go find someone on the cheap. Carlos Dunlap, agency. former Bengal. Ah, there you go. Justin Houston, played for every team in the AFC West. Uh, you know, one thing about the Chargers is that we were talking about how close are the Broncos. The Chargers feel like a team that is a lot closer. You know, if any team in that division can eventually compete with Kansas City, it feels like it would be the Chargers. You look at what they did. I know we always talk about uh, all the one-score losses under Anthony Lynn. They went 7-9. and nine. I think seven of the nine losses were by one score. And you can really see how they matched up with everyone because they played both the Buccaneers and the Chiefs last year. You know, the two teams that end up in the Super Bowl. So that's a good measuring stick of and where you were. The Chiefs. They were beating the Buccaneers 24-7 to and managed to lose that game. They were beating the Chiefs 17-6. to They're beating by 11 points in the second half, managed to lose that game in overtime. So it's like this team has the talent to compete with the best teams in the NFL. It's just they haven't – the coaching has let them down. And so it'll be interesting. Yeah, that's the if, thing is like, is if can Brandon Staley take right Anthony? Like, can Brandon Staley flip three or four of these horrific one score Chargers esque losses, or is it just a cursed franchise? And if he, because if he can, then all of a sudden this is absolutely a playoff contender. If you protect Justin uh, Justin Turner, Justin Herbert, and you know make some necessary adjustments in terms of. And by the way, just so we're clear, breach isn't. Jumping on my Chargers bandwagon. I'm already in the bandwagon. There's no room. Oh, I'm picking Rams over Chargers <laughs> Super Bowl in L.A. Bang. All right. L.A. Super Bowl. And then people will think it's completely orchestrated by Roger. And, and, and Brent, you talked about pass rush real quick. If, if they are looking to replace Melvin Ingram, uh, if he ends up walking free agency, there are guys out there. I, I mean, I'm not sure they're going to have enough money to be paying for someone like Shaq Barrett. Uh, but, you know, there's guys like Trey Hendrickson. There's guys like Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, so there are guys out there that you're not going to have to break the bank for. Uh, maybe even Hassan Reddick, if he wants to stay out West, uh, since he's likely going to leave Arizona now that JJ Watts there. Um, so there are definitely pass rushers to be had. And again, if these guys are willing to sign one year deals because they're waiting for the big money next year, then all of a sudden the Chargers defense could be loaded again. Well, I mean, I'll just say this about real quickly about the Chargers before we wrap up, but the, 
if Trey Turner gets dealt, and then you got to re- completely redo your offensive line, except Brian Bilaga, he would free up $11.3 million with no dead cap hit. Uh, Mike Williams has a six, a $15.68 million cap hit because of his fifth year option. You can get that down quick. If you think Mike Williams is a guy you want to stick around. And I would assume after using a top 10 pick on him, if he's willing to take, you know, not like he doesn't like, surely he doesn't want top five wide receiver money. You could sign him to a, a deal that gets his cap number down as well. And then Casey Hayward, you can free up, don't even need June one cut. You can free up $9.75 million there. And with Chris Harris, uh, you can free up uh, just under $8 million. So, I mean, the Chargers with three or four moves could suddenly get to like 50 plus million dollars in cap space. Now you have some more holes you got to fill, uh, but maybe Hayward and Harris are open to reductions and you give them some bonus money or something like that. I, I think you're going to see guys taking pay cuts this offseason because they don't want to swap teams. They don't want to deal with the free agent market and you know, they want to, they want to try to get some cash in their pockets. I, I don't think that would be surprising at all. And if they do all of that, they got room to work with. You can sign those offensive linemen and find a pass rusher. Got the quarterback. That's all that matters. Right. All right. Let's make his Raiders. Well, first we're going to take a break, <laughs> but after the break, Ryan will tell you what the Las Vegas Raiders need to do this offseason. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The Las Vegas Raiders 25 to 1 to win the AFC, 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Their top three draft picks number 17, number 48, and number 81 overall. They have $15.5 million in cap space available to them. Top free agents include Gabe Jackson, Denzel Good, Nelson Aguilar, Nevin Lawson, Eric Harris, Nicholas Mara, and Vic Beasley. Cut candidates, I think Trent Brown qualifies. We'll get to those in a second. Who uh, who stands out to you, Wilson, as a what's a priority here for the Las Vegas Raiders? Their defense stinks. I mean, that's that's the every everything on defense. Every so the first three picks, I'm taking edge rusher, linebacker, defensive tackle, Quiddy Pay, Jamin Davis, and then Tommy Tommy Togia uh, out of Ohio State. So yeah, that's what they have to fix. Uh, and you start there, and then then maybe it goes where their offense isn't in bad shape. You mentioned Aguilar Aguilar's going to be a free agent. He didn't really come on until he got to he had a. a little stretch there at the end with the Eagles and he, he played better with the Raiders, but I think, you know, you have, I would be curious to hear how Debo feels about that little stretch of the Eagles <laughs> at the very end there. I thought he played, I think he sort of flashed a little bit. I mean, he was not a first round talent over the course of his career, but um, speaking of which Henry Ruggs didn't play great as a rookie. He has to play better. And you know, the offense is, is not the concern the defense is. Uh, by the way, I mentioned cut candidates. Yes. Trent Brown, $14 million cap it. No dead cap space. If you cut him, They've, they've floated his name out there as a guy who could get cut. And then, of course, the guy... They re- floated his name out in trade talks, too, right. real quick. And I know Wilson's focusing on the defense there, but offensively, 
they're cutting Gabe Jackson. They already cut him. Richie Incognito. And so if you trade Trent Brown too, all of a sudden you're down three offensive line starters from last season. To me, that's that's a giant red flag. You don't want, you know. Russell just, Wilson, you sure you want to come to, to Las I, Vegas? It's gonna, we're going to see him change his list next week. Like, I only want to be traded to three teams, uh, the Bears, uh, Cowboys, and Saints. And very likely to be traded or cut also Marcus Mariota, who's playing time. As a result, his his contract spiked up, right? So now he's got a ten point seven two five million dollar. He only played one game. So he had to play to get the the bumps. Yeah. Wow. He played well, except for that interception in the end there. Yeah. Um, and then Derek Carr rushed back, knowing what would happen if he didn't. So, uh, <laughs> you're. Pr- I mean, I think there's a pretty good chance they free up twenty four million dollars in cap space to Brown and Mariota. Um, at that point, you're you're kind of cooking with gas, but you got Derek Carr behind a questionable offensive line with missing That's multiple. Right. So, so you have maybe thirty sucks <laughs> like thirty. Yeah, you have thirty million dollars in salary cap space, but you have to completely rebuild your offensive line and completely revamp your defense. Uh, and even these cheap twenty twenty one contracts that might be out there, I'm not sure you have enough money to take care of all that. I agree. This is a so I had down as their number one priority pass rush help. Max Crosby's been a really nice find in, in the draft for the Raiders, but Cleveland Farrell doesn't look like the pure pass rusher that they need opposite him. And maybe you maybe you kick Cleveland Farrell inside and let him be a good run stuffer. I, I don't know what you do. Um, you used a top five pick on him, though. Yep. Instead of Josh Allen. That doesn't look great. Now, wait, what now? Couldn't they have drafted Josh Allen? Oh, Jeff- I see. Um, I think they yeah. picked before. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, it was surprising when they did it. And um, Mayak cited leadership being one of the qualities, but a lot of people were shocked that he went that high. If you're the Raiders, would you try and uh, poach Melvin Ingram from the Chargers? If you pay him, you can have him. I mean, on a, I don't. On a, on a one year deal, maybe? Sure, that works. Melvin Ingram looked cool in black. And, I guess everybody looks good in silver and black. Does Derek Carr? Yeah, I think Derek Carr looks good in silver and black. Russell Wilson would look awesome in silver and black. Yeah, getting himself off the ground, all those grass stains on his uniform. I, I so I think that all right. So I have def- pass rush help as a key position, and then you know defensive tackle I think is important too. They're losing Jonathan Hankins there uh, on the interior linebacker. You're losing you're losing guys. You have questions in the secondary. Really, like everything overhauling this defense <laughs> is an issue. But then I also think we're sort of sleeping on the fact that wide receiver may be an issue as well. You know, this is you lose. Do you bring back Nelson Aguilar? Zay Jones is a free agent. Uh, you have Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, and Henry Ruggs. I'm not sure that's the – and maybe it doesn't matter if you got Darren Waller. just feels like they need one more threat. And maybe Nelson Aguilar loves the system so much that he's willing to come back. Who knows? But there yeah, but are I mean, wide receivers out there, you know, like Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay. It's tagged, but yeah. Allen Robinson. If these guys don't get – there's no guarantee these guys are going to get tagged. They haven't all, been tagged yet. All three guys you mentioned are getting tagged. There is buzz that Kenny Galladay won't be, but that's mm-hmm. even oh, if, if Galladay and Robinson are tagged, I think they're available in trade. I think the Bucks, if they tag Godwin, they're bringing him back and they, they want to keep him. Then Marvin Jones, is that good for you, Wilson? Yeah, Marvin Jones, go out, go out and get Marvin Jones. He Marvin always goes Jones to be a really nice fit in the Nelson Aguilar role. He always <laughs> goes back to Bengal slash cow player. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Aguilar became this deep threat for the Raiders. You know, he'd been a possession slot guy for that was the whole goal. It was like, this guy's a possession slot guy. He just became a, a monster down the field for the Raiders. Well, I, I mean, you have, think... your, you have your possession guy in Hunter Renfro, Will Brinson's younger brother, and you have Henry Ruggs taking the next step and getting better. And then Darren Waller and then 
Can you find another guy? Brian Edwards has a chance to be good. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think there's a pretty good chance that Nelson Aguilar appreciates the breakout he had in Las Vegas and maybe willing to that the two sides could find an amenable deal where they both jump on board. Plus, if you're going to spend money, like if you're the Raiders and you're going to spend money in free agency, don't spend it on, and you know, you only have so much cap space. It needs to be spent on defense in the offensive line. Like that's, yeah. Those are the bigger problems. But I just think that I, I, I guess I'm a little worried about this team. Is what well, I mean, you know, what's funny is I feel like we were worried about them last year. We're always worried about the Raiders, not just Derek Carr's I fault. Don't wanna, I don't want to like dump on the Raiders because I know we get accused of that. I just, Look at the roster, and I think, man, if they make these moves on offensive line, if their offense isn't good, they're going to be bad. Yeah, but, I mean, we could say the same thing about the Chargers because you just went through their offensive line being being an issue. Their quarterback's uh, better, but, I mean, based on one year uh, of productivity. So, we'll see. Again, I think the Broncos are the worst team in this division, and I think – uh, it's the Chargers and the Raiders, sort of, and that's and the Raiders went eight and eight with like one of the worst defenses right. in football. So if they can just play slightly better, you have to think that uh, you know they'll be good enough to go maybe nine and seven, probably not ten and six. But I, you know, if I'm a Raiders fan, that's my that's my point. That's where I'm looking. That's my most optimistic outlook on the season. And it's not like this is some, you know, like Cowboys assembled offensive line either i mean you know they they did they tra- they signed trip brown to a big deal in free agency that was like the first move that gruden mayock era and colton miller was a first round pick um but you know richie incognito i mean you know they, like these guys are, it's not like it's a bunch of like for five first round picks in a row all right, so, all right. so that's the raiders the, 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 what they do will be very interesting this offseason I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that uh and finally we get to well, first, before we get to the Chiefs. Oh, God. Six tournaments, six chances to win $10,000, Wilson. You can fill out one conference bracket or all of them up to you. Conferences that CBS Sports has for brackets to win $10,000. The ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the SEC, and the Big East. Create a pool of friends or fill out brackets for your chance to win $10,000 on the CBS Sports app or go to cbssports.com slash conference. When you do that, make sure you fill out NC State to win the ACC tournament. That's happening. <laughs> it's our time. It's not happening. Sound like me talk City, about the Bengals. The Kansas City Chiefs 20 uh, plus 260, 2.6 to 1 to win the AFC, plus 525 to win the Super Bowl. Incredibly short. Their top three draft picks after losing last year's Super Bowl to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number 31 overall, number 63, and number 95. Got some free agents here Andrew Wiley, Daniel Sorensen, Austin Ryder, Javaris Ward. Demarcus Robinson, Mike Rivers, Prashad Breland, Sammy Watkins, Darrell Williams, Le'Veon Bell, and Byron Pringle. If you, uh, what would you say, Breach, is the Chiefs' top priority? Uh, well, if I'm the Chiefs, after what happened in the Super Bowl, it is going to be something on the offensive line, literally anything, a guard, a tackle, someone. Um, you know, they were banged up. In the Super Bowl, they had a couple injured offensive linemen, and the Buccaneers took advantage of that. Uh, we don't know what Laurent DuVernay Tardif is going to do because he was the one who opted out uh, to go back to Canada. He is the doctor, and so maybe he comes back. You get an offensive lineman back there at a very reasonable rate. Uh, but one thing they absolutely have to do is get somebody in there because, look, we know Patrick Mahomes is a magician, but you know you can only do one trick at once. If you have your handcuffs, your hand, hands are handcuffed behind your back, and your legs are tied together, and you have a blindfold on, you get thrown in a river. Isn't that how Houdini died? 
something like that. I don't know, but you can only do. He got punched in the stomach when he wasn't flexing. That's that's well, that's what happened to Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Then (laughs) he got punched in the stomach when he wasn't flexing. So if you get offensive linemen in there, if Patrick Mahomes has any amount of time to throw, you can beat anyone. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So. Uh, it, it's it doesn't you could field no defense and win every game sixty one to fifty eight. So you got to get offensive linemen. First off, apologies to Laurent Duvernay Tardif because Breach mis- mispronounced his name, mm. which is no surprise given what I say. That's pretty close. Laurent Duvernay Tardif. That's <laughs> what you said. Oh, I didn't go full French. You didn't go full Canadian French. French Canadian. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> to Breach's point, I, I think he's right. I think the offensive linemen will get healthy. Duvernay Tardif will return um, from helping people as a medical doctor in Canada during his, his opt-out year. Uh, but I had them drafting uh, an offensive lineman in round three, but the first two rounds I had him taking uh, a cornerback and then an off uh, an edge rusher, because I think the bigger issue was that Frank Clark didn't play at the high of a level and they couldn't get after Tom Brady who, you know, ain't moving around in the pocket. And that was in large part, uh, part of their downfall on the defense side of the ball, at least. So I think they have to get better defensively. And you just uh, assume that the, the the offensive linemen are coming back and, and will play, you know, 85% of what we saw previously, in which case they'll be fine. Now, if there are concerns about these offensive linemen, then, of course, you have to address them in free agency or the draft. But I think the getting better defensively, which is a, a recurring theme in this division, is probably where the Chiefs start. So we'll see. Is Eric Fisher definitely back next year? I know they said they want him back. Was Achilles? I don't know what his contract situation is, but Achilles are long, like nine, ten month situations. I think. Well, his concept, his contract, they can save twelve million dollars in salary cap space by cutting him. Well, then they need him back. They need a, a left tackle then as well. But I mean, they're eighteen million dollars over the salary caps. I forgot to mention that. Sorry. But if yeah. he has an injury guarantee, they can't just cut him. Sure. I don't know. I don't know that he does. I'm sure he does right. though. Yeah, I'm just saying that that. But there's no guarantee, even if he's still on the team, that he's going to be healthy for week one. So now, again, you need that starting left tackle either way. And uh, that's, again, the whole entire offensive line is just one giant question mark. And you probably could even throw receivers in there. I mean, uh, uh, Mahomes could use at least one more sure-handed target. I mean, obviously, he loves throwing Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. But if you throw – the Buccaneers did a great job of kind of shutting both those guys down. And so if you have that third guy – that Mahomes, a reliable target, not necessarily our boy Sammy Watkins. Um, you know the the offense would be that much more high powered. I think Where Sammy did Mahomes signed his contract last offseason. Well, I don't know. Why does it matter? Jeremy? I just wonder. Remember? I mean, do you remember like the when the uh, so it was July of 2020? Did we know in July of 2020 that the salary cap was going to be way down? No, no, we had no idea because we, we didn't know. An, I think we had an inkling. Yeah, but we weren't even sure maybe the, the fans return in December. Like, we had no idea how that was right. going to turn out in terms of I, I guess my point in asking that question is that, you know, the Chiefs, look, they, they had no salary cap space and then signed everybody to extensions and figured out a 10-year deal for Mahomes. So they'll, I'm sure they'll be fine. But it is interesting that the Chiefs who was like, oh, they're set up perfectly. They're good to go. And, and I think they're fine. They have Mahomes and they have Andy Reid and they have all these weapons. But the offensive line is just sort of – it was exposed so badly in the Super Bowl, and they have these injuries with Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher that we don't know how long they're going to linger. At the offensive line, does it? You know, it doesn't feel like the Chiefs are just as guaranteed to be great as I think they'll win the division. Well, and Brenton, the part of that is that if they have to revamp the offensive line and add a pass rusher like Wilson's talking about, they're twenty million dollars 
over the salary cap right now. So this is even, they're in a worse spot than last season. I remember they started the off season with like $56 and the whole, oh, they were $56 under the cap. And it was like, here's how Brett Veach parlayed $56 into all these contracts. Well, guess what? Now you have uh, $20 million less than that $56. You have to fix your offensive line. You have to get some pass rushing help in there. So they have a lot of questions to answer and they don't have a lot of money to do it with. Should they, yeah. should they cut or trade? Patrick Mahomes, would that help the salary cap? <laughs> it actually I mean, wouldn't. Even the, he's like a sixty million dollar dead cap hit. <laughs> imagine that. Well, like I don't know. Just looking at you know Travis Kelsey's cap hit is thirteen point two five this year. And I think it's like seven and a half million next year. Which in hindsight, you know maybe they could restructure that. I, I I don't know, but you could. I mean, they're not cutting Tyron Matthew, right? Tyron Matthew. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, that would get him the most. You know, like that frees up the most money. But it, I can't imagine they would do it that. It creates another huge hole in the defense. Yeah, exactly. So your three biggest, or here are your four biggest cut candidates for the Kansas State Chiefs based on what I'm looking at. It's uh, one, Tyron Mathieu, which again, I'm not suggesting that they'll do it. It just frees up $15 million in cap space. You know you said his name wrong. Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> he did, did not do it on purpose. <laughs> I did not. I'm hypnotized by this. I've heard this damn drop <laughs> many times. Tyron Matthew, obviously. Oh, my God. Um, oh, boy. It's, it's I've been vindicated. Control. I've been vindicated. Uh, number two, Eric Fisher, who's your starting left tackle, but you would save two, you know, $12 million. And number three, Mitchell Schwartz, your starting right tackle, but you'd save seven, you know, almost a little under $7 million. So, you have to make oh, and then the fourth one is this is a tough one. Friend of the pod or friend of the, the Twitch stream, Damian Williams, who opted out because his mother is sick. You could cut him and save two point two million dollars. That feels given their cap situation and that they drafted Clyde Edwards Elaire first over or in the first round last year, that Williams thing kind of feels like it's gonna happen, right? They need mm-hmm. money. That's tough, man. He like opted out to help his family and mm. so you, you Chris Jones, uncuttable, Mahomes. Is Mahomes, Frank Clark, uncuttable. Um, Tyreek Hill, you would save $10 million, but let's be real here. You're not, hmm. I mean, you're not cutting. T- I, it's, it's a tough spot for Kansas City because the salary cap dip. So maybe Veach will rework a bunch of, bunch of stuff. Maybe they'll move on for those offensive linemen. We'll see. But the Chiefs have some salary cap work to do. The good news is as long as you have a semblance of an offensive line in place, you have Patrick Mahomes. And even if your offensive line isn't great. You could probably get by for most of the year with it. And that's that's the big part right there. We're just talking about what don't the Raiders have? A pass rush. What the Chargers losing Melvin Ingram. The Broncos, everyone's getting older there. Their defense isn't as great as I it used Von to be. Miller. So you can still win that division with an iffy offensive line, but eventually, uh, you know, someone's going to expose you, and that's what the Buccaneers did. And if the Chiefs play any any team that can rush the passers, they're going to be in trouble next year. Still, though, is anyone taking the Bills over the Chiefs right now? No. No. I mean, they're still winning 12, 11 or 12 games, no matter what their offensive line situation is. I mean, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are winning 12 games. Okay. And the division. Okay. That's the AFC West look ahead. We will be finishing up the divisions later on this week. We'll be taking, um, of course, deep dives into all of free agency and the franchise tags as those things happen. Subscribe, rate, and review. All right, John. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. 
When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.